gentlemen, welcome to wrestling art with Chris Things. Gents, here we are. We're back. Episode six, I believe. Oh my gosh. Uh, we're, we're back here. Uh, wrestling art with Chris Things. I am Chris Things, your host this week and every week. And this is uh, our a match of the week edition. Uh, the, you know, the weekly episode where I my favorite wrestling match that I watched that week, good enough that I made an art of it, and we talk about the match, we talk about the art, and uh, we talk about life, all of the things, but uh, you're tuning in for a good one, uh, this week we'll be discussing an excellent match from late last year between the bounty hunter Brian Keith and speedball Mike Bailey from Freelance Wrestling, um, just a bloody great match, but we'll get more into that later on. But what I'm uh, I'm looking to do here, you know, so I was having a little think, you know, a lot of the time with these uh, match of the week episodes, we just kind of get get talking, we get bullshitting, we you know sometimes get off topic, but that's okay, nothing wrong with that. Uh, about a lot of the time, we end up just sort of talking about the match, the wrestling, and this is this is meant to be wrestling art, so. I feel like maybe I need to do a better job of of, of talking about the the artist element of this, uh, you know, not too much, but uh, enough, you know. So I thought maybe I can use this little little intro thing to tell y'all a little bit about what I got going on, you know, what I've been doing, uh, art developments and such. You know, like think of it like a Letterman monologue at the start of the show, only less funny and uh, with less Paul Schaefer. Uh, but yeah, so just what I've, uh, main thing I've got going on at the moment, you may have seen, I have a, a big, uh, my, my first ever like tabling expo event coming up this weekend. It's a, a touring one, uh, called the, the oddities and curiosities expo. Um, they you know, do, do a bunch of stuff throughout America. Uh, I believe this may be their first Australian tour, so I got in on that. We've got uh, two days this weekend, Saturday and Sunday, in uh, beautiful Brisbane, Queensland, Australia, the Brisbane Convention Centre, and I'm going to be having a table. I'm going to be having some shirt skis. I'm going to be having some prints, um, and I'm going to be sitting there for, for two days straight. <laughs> this, this goes, like, from... I think like 8.30 till like 6 p.m. So a full day. So I'm going to be sitting there behind this table. Uh, hopefully people will be coming up to me and I'll get to, you know, talk about my art or whatever. But man, it's a bit of a daunting experience between you and me. Um, but I mean, definitely something that I want to do a lot more of in the future. So this is kind of like I'm hoping the first of many. I'm sure there'll be a lot of lessons that I learn out of it. Um, Honestly, a big thing going into this has been kind of like the preparation element in terms of how much product do you bring. So the main thing I'll you know I've got is uh, you know our calendars, our uh, you know Los Luchadores versus Cowboys de la Muerte um, show commemorative uh, 2024 calendars. Uh, I've got some uh, whole uh, swag of uh, new shirt designs which uh, I think I'll be sharing those with you all in the very near future um and and as well as you know the prints my, my art prints of uh, my Chris Things original art and so trying to prepare for that you're like how many do I bring you know I, I don't want to have not enough and apparently the Sydney leg of this fucker everyone was saying you know they sell way more than they're expecting so you know, on one hand, you don't have too much. On the other hand, like from a logistical perspective, um, it can be tricky because you, I don't know if you know, but like the business element of this, you order too much stock and that can be the, the, the make or break of the difference of whether this whole thing breaks even or not. You know, I'm, I'm not even talking about, you know, <laughs> 
how much, whether we're looking at making a profit or whatever, but I, I don't want to fucking lose money on this as much as I can help it. So, you know, if you have way too much stock that uh, you, you can't even sell enough, you know, to, to, to make that back. So that's, that's a tricky thing too. So we'll see how we go from that perspective. Um, cross my fingers. Um, but the other fun thing is, you know, prepare on the table thing. I want to have some sort of nice display sign deal to tell people, you know, this is Chris things art. Um, and I was like, what do I do? You know, do I get like a, a sign printed up or, you know, my logo or whatever, that'd be the standard kind of thing. And I was thinking like, I think a big part of my art is kind of the, the hand generated element of it or at least that's the part that i'm probably the most proud of in this fucking disgusting world of like ai art i'm sorry if there's any <laughs> ai artists out there <laughs> i can't imagine that if you are you're listening to this show um but you know alas uh I, you know the hand generated element of it so I, I thought wouldn't it be cool if i actually like hand paint this sign on like my table runner so yeah I could do that. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. So I do that this week. I uh, get the the uh, table runner. I um get some some fabric paint and I paint it all up. I I, I mix it in a, a old ice cream container. You know, in case you don't know me too well, I fucking hate wastage. I'm just like one of these fucking <laughs> recycling nuts. So anything that I can like, you know, use over again, I will get this uh old ice cream container out give it a bit of a wash ski and then i'm painting with it and i'm i'm painting this this runner chris things art uh you know and i i'm realizing while i'm painting like am i nuts or does this like painted display smell like a milkshake <laughs> is this does this smell like ice cream right now? And now, dude, I still don't know. I'm I'm a little bit concerned, you know? Did I actually mix... Did I not wash this fucker enough? Did I actually mix residue of ice cream into my paint? Am I going to, like, be at the expo and, like, my whole stand is going to smell like off milk? <laughs> Are people going to be complaining? <gasps> Well, fuck, man. Um, so, I mean, obviously this wasn't enough of a concern for me to start over. <laughs> I was just kind of chopping it up to like, oh, maybe it's just weird smelling paint. So we'll see. I'll get back to you on that one. Fuck. Quietly, quite a little, little bit potentially concerned about that one. But alas, I thought that'd be a funny little, little tidbit for you. But anyway, that's the main thing um, that I've got going on at the moment. I've got some other exciting um, rad uh, commission uh, work of some stuff that I'm really excited to share with you when it um, launches some interesting projects in the work. But yeah, man, it's a, it's a bit of a hustle. It's a you know, scary time. As you may know, I'm, I'm attempting to do this for full time now, growing this whole deal, which this podcast is a, a bit of a part of. So yeah, it it's moving in a in a good direction, I feel. I feel good about it. Um, you know, we'll see how we go. And yeah, there you go. That's just your little snapshot into into my life, into the, the life of a, a wrestling artist, since we are the premier podcast in the genre of wrestling art. I just want to put that out there. <laughs> as, as far as you know, I don't want to jerk myself off too much. It's like I believe we're the only one. But I'm I'm still gonna set premier one in the fucking industry, okay? But alright, alright, that's enough of that. But uh yeah, we'll see how we go. If people like this, I'll uh, I'll do this as a bit more of a regular thing. A little opening monologue ski. Um alright, but now I'm gonna throw over to uh Chris in the studio, uh who I believe has a, a gentleman on the line. That I'm very excited to hear an interview with. All right, let's throw over. All right, so 
I am super stoked to introduce this gentleman, uh, a man again for any uh, previous uh, y'all that might have been familiar with the Grown Men Watch This Shit podcast. Uh, you may remember this man as our roving Mexican reporter who's not actually Mexican, uh, a man who now makes his home in the beautiful town of Chicago. Uh, which I'm very, very jealous about, just as between you and me. Uh, but a dude that I just have all the love in the world for. Stoked to have you back. Welcome to the show, Mr. John Craft. Chris, thanks thanks for having me back. It's so glad to see you uh, on your new venture. Yes. I am very proud of you for going all in on your art Aww. and therefore a podcast. So happy to be here for it. <laughs> thanks so much, man. Yeah, it was, um, it was kind of a thing where I was, you know, you may know I'm, I'm doing the art thing full time um, now or, or trying to. Um, and I used to have a lot of fun doing our, you know, grown men watch this shit podcast. So I was like, you know what? I'm like watching a bunch of wrestling for this art stuff and it's like uh, why don't i do something where we can talk about it and especially if it means i get to like catch up with like buddies like you this is all just a treat all around yeah yeah i'm, I'm so excited you know like chicago has been great mm-hmm. um i know you and i travel to a lot of different cities right and the one place that i traveled a lot without you was mm. chicago for all in and all out and I believe I did some reporting after those events. And, you did? You know, it, it's not the same without you here, but if uh-huh. I can have my boots on the ground for you and be able to contribute, I'm glad to be here. Absolutely, man. Yeah, it's so funny because Chicago is honestly my favorite city in America. Great wrestling city. Um, and one of my favorite places to go to. So it's, it's kind of funny we never ended up like actually getting to hang out there in person. But hey, you know, uh, hopefully in the future sometime soon. There's plenty of shows to go to. It's it's a huge wrestling market. Like you always hear about it, mm. and then you live here, and there are two shows you want to go to a month, and about seven or eight that you just don't have the money or the time or the care to. Uh, but it's literally that saturated of a market. I, I've done very little ring announcing since I've been here. So many people. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. Like I think the last show that I went to in Chicago. This may not actually be the last one, but the last one that's sticking in my mind. I always wanted to go to a, an AAW show. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they always had like a great rep back in the day, almost like the Chicago version of PWG kind of thing. Um, Before Triple H robbed the Indies, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And obviously, um, you know, AEW had a, a bit of effect on, on that as well. Um, but, I mean... I got to see a show. I think it had like ACH and Ray Phoenix in the main event, mm. which I was so stoked about. Um, I remember Teddy Hart was also on the show, who at that time was just like <laughs> just one of the Our most boy, interesting Hart. people in the world. Fuck yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, definitely got the proper Ted Hart experience. Like, oh, God bless you, man. Thanks for supporting. God bless get the great Teddy Hart in-ring um, promo after the match. Just beautiful times. Uh, but, yeah, then that was at that really cool venue that um, AAW used to have, the, the Bourbon Street one. I think that – is that closed down now? So I think Bourbon Street is still around. I might be wrong, but I don't think they're hosting wrestling. Um, things have kind of tightened up in Chicago lately, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, AAW is now running back at the Berwyn Eagles, which is – Think like PWG Reseda, um, like a like a Union Hall. Yeah, because that's where the the Shimmer shows used to be, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, currently, Berwyn has gotten back into wrestling. They're hosting AAW. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't want to shoot on anybody, but there was a little problem with the venue, Ooh. Logan Square Auditorium, over the summer, Ooh. and uh, it has it resolved itself. There's no need to air it, but it displaced some companies um, for a little bit of time. And I think AAW. I remember hearing uh, ramblings of this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean. Long story short, so Logan Square is owned by a guy. For anybody who doesn't know, Logan Square is one of the most historic indie wrestling venues in the last twenty years, right? Fucking beautiful. And I'm planning on talking a bit more about how beautiful this this venue is, relating to the the match of the week that Gorgeous we're discussing venue. today. Yeah. Gorgeous venue. Yeah. Well, they got rented out for a Star Wars burlesque parody show that travels cities and stays for four to six months or something like that. Mm. Well, the, the owner, um, his name's Saul, great guy. I'm not going to dig on him, so I'll drop his name. Um, Saul had an offer to get paid. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, let everybody know. And uh, Saul recommended his second venue. And then there became a problem that there may have not been permits right. um, necessary at the time. And basically, Freelance run a show on Friday. And at Friday, at the end of the match, fire marshals came in and said no more. AAW would run a show the next day, which had to get displaced. Right. So Berwin stepped in. I mean, I don't, I don't think there's any bad blood. Um, Freelance has returned to Logan Square. Nice. And I think that AAW is being good to Berwin for now. Mm-hmm. But Berwin was as big a part of history as anything else. So, like I said, no no drama. The, the Berwin Eagles Club, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, there's no, there's no bad blood. I think everybody knows that there's only one or two venues that'll run wrestling in a city and take good care of them. And, you know, it's a misunderstanding. And But, yeah, so Freelance has returned to the Logan Square Auditorium as of the last show that we were at. I'm happy to hear that. Yeah, and the next show will be this Saturday. Rad. Nice, man. Live on IWTV. Oh, all of the, the plug skis for that. I definitely made to give them a, made sure to give them a bit of a shout-out with the, the match of the, the week I posted earlier uh, in the, the week. Um, really good service, man. I, uh, I signed up for it specifically to, to watch this um, this match, our, uh, our Brian Keith versus Speedball Bailey uh, potential indie match of the year candidate, I'd, I'd say. Um, it was the indie match of my live oh, year. Yeah. Incredible. But yeah, like I signed up for IWTV for, for that. And dude, I forgot like how much rad shit is on that service. Like I was just going through the back catalog, like seeing all like the Zona 23. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and for me, like such a treat seeing all that like old school grungy, like CZW and IWA Mid-South. Like as a as a big time indie wrestling fan of that early two thousands like era, I was so excited to see all that. I need to well I've still got that going, take advantage of that, watch some old fucking Zandig. They have good uh <laughs> content too. Like during COVID, Spider Nate Webb did like a cooking show on there, I think it was. And uh Matt Justice, but uh, the week that COVID shut everything down. He was expected to be in Zona 23, and it was him trying to get to Mexico and then getting to the show, not knowing that the show would go on. He filmed a little 30-minute documentary, and I believe Effie just released a, like, this is Effie or Life of Effie or something like that as well. So they have really good content outside the ring as well. I do recommend it. The only problem is the the consumer experience of the streaming is kind of dog shit. I mean, it's better than a lot of other services that I've I've used. To to be frank, it, it worked. It um it works fine as like a in browser experience. I haven't really used the app much, um. But yeah, it worked fine for me, so I can't complain about that. But would recommend the the service. Uh, but yeah, man, this uh, before we get into the match, how has life been for you, dude? What's what's going on? Like, we haven't spoken to you like properly in a bit of a while. Yeah, yeah, I believe I was laying on a hammock last time we were talking. Yeah. Um, yeah, life's been good, man. I uh, exited a, what we call a transitional chapter in my life and decided to kind of start anew in Chicago, I guess mm. about a year ago now, a little bit over. Yeah. And Chicago's great. Like, I agree with you. It is one of the finest cities. I had visited a lot. My older sister's here. Um, what I didn't realize is how much cooler it is to live here. You have a big city feel, but with these Midwestern neighbors where everybody knows everybody. Um, it's one of those towns if you can't dig your car out of the snow during the winter, they'll dig you out. Mm. Um, they might curse at you while they do it, but they're still <laughs> going to stop and do it. Um, everybody, you know, you know your bartender, you know your grocery store. Like, you don't have to leave. It's composed of a lot of different neighborhoods that are all independent. You really don't have to leave your neighborhood if you don't want to. It's been a wonderful city living here. There's obviously tons of wrestling. Tons of good people, the transportation. And this past summer, my first summer in Chicago is probably the greatest summer I've ever had. Like this place comes alive when it falls out. Yeah. And there are dozens of free activities every day. Oh man. So I, I love it. I'm doing really well, man. I got a I got a good job right now. I'm I'm happy with where I'm at. I thought I'd be here for maybe six months and then go back to Denver, but uh well i guess that was six months ago and i'm still here i really like it oh dude i'm so stoked to hear that like honestly your uh your happiness just makes me so fucking happy to hear dude doing well i appreciate you oh always man always um 
Well, that's fucking delightful, dude. Really, really happy. I, um, I, you know, you know how much I love Chicago as well and everything you said. I, I agree with like, especially like that, that as an Australian, like coming to Chicago and like seeing different cities in America, there's, there's generally like you go to different places, especially, you know, we've talked about like Memphis, you know, or like Atlanta Mm -hmm. where there is like that kind of like Southern hospitality kind of, kind of deal. Um, or, you know, different areas in Texas too. But I mean, man, there's nothing quite like that, that Midwest hospitality and just that Midwest niceness. In a big city. Yeah. 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 So absolutely. And and also, you know, I gotta say for anybody that did listen, um, Denver was the first place that I'd ever really had an entire community of friends in one place. You know, I'd had friends here or there, we all have had that. Um, but the Denver wrestling community accepted me in, brought me in, gave me a gig as a ring announcer. Um nothing's gonna replace that, actually. That's the only thing I miss about Denver. It's gotten very, very big, it's gotten overcrowded. Having said that, you know, when I came out here, I started working at Pro Wrestling Tees. And as we're going to kind of transition into this freelance conversation, I met a guy named Matt Nix. Uh, Matt Matt runs freelance. Chris, you know him as well. I do, um, I do. A man we formerly had on the Grown Men Watch This Shit podcast as well. Delightful gentleman. Yeah, wonder, wonderful guy. And he's kind of like me, like a little bit older than a lot of people that work there. So kind of over the bullshit or whatever. But um he basically said, yeah, man, if you want to show up early and stay late at freelance, I'll I'll let you in. You can get your spot. You can network with everybody and really thankful for for that guy and a number of other people. But I can't even list. Um, will it replace Denver? No, because those were we all came up together. Right. But Chicago has has welcomed me in with that Midwestern hospitality and um. You know, I was hanging outside the back door with Brian Keith the other day, right? And Effie comes through all the time. People I've known for a while, and I think that really helped, like, leverage new friendships. So wrestling really is a brotherhood or sisterhood, and uh, I'm infinitely thankful for it. I don't I don't know that I'd be where I'd have in Chicago without wrestling. That's so rad. I mean, that that's so, like, captures the, the magical vibe of independent wrestling, too, that thing mm-hmm. where it's yeah. like you make these these connections and these are like lifetime lifelong connections and friends and you may not see them in you know sometimes years apart but when you do it just it feels like you're you're seeing a brother again and like no time has passed yeah and on the flip side too like as the inverse to that you know you get older we're in our 30s now right and Mm -hmm. you don't see your best friends every day like you and me chris we don't talk every day I know you love me. You know I love you too. And you know that if Absolutely. if I need you to call, you'll answer, and vice yep. versa. Mm-hmm. The cool thing about wrestling is when you are in the business or adjacent to the business, you can show up once a month, and all your friends are there, and you don't feel like you have to go out of your way to get coffee when you don't have time or maintain these friendships. At the very least, you know you're going to see all your buddies together every month. Yeah. And that's that's a really cool thing about like working in this business or even being a part of the crowd. Right. Like they have the same dynamic. And uh, it's it's really nice to see as we age that we don't curl apart. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, man. I uh, I, I treasure this uh, this friendship and, and relationship that we've had on man going on what, like five, six years now. Yeah, I'm lucky if I see you once a year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I haven't been over um, your way for, for a bit of a while now, but uh, yeah, like I said, hopefully I can can make it soon. This uh, living the life of a, a struggling artist definitely makes those uh, trips that I used to <laughs> make all the time to America a little bit more, um, uh, I guess, uh, daunting, and you want to sort of make sure you're, you're doing it in a, a way that can um, be... You know, you can justify it in the in the books kind of sense. Right. Well, and that's why I was so happy when my my comedian buddy from Lucha Libre and Laugh, Sam Talent, came to Brisbane. Oh, man. And I saw it and I was like, oh, my God, we got to get you guys connected. Absolutely. Right. Like for anybody that, that knew me at Lucha Libre and Laughs, he was our comedian commentary and he is a stud now. Like he's got a book. He's got he's got a podcast. He's got an Amazon Prime special, Sam Talent with two L's. And everybody, I heard he was coming to Brisbane, and Sam was like, yeah, I got your buddy, Chris, no problem. 
Dude, shout out to Sam Talent. That was a fucking tremendous set. I hadn't seen um, live comedy in a, in a hot minute. Um, but, dude, so funny. Uh, I went with my uh, my partner, Kaylin, and, and she loved it as well. Um, dude just was, was great and just like a really nice personal guy and had a little chat with him yeah. afterwards, you know, put put you over for hooking us up. Um, and, yeah, just such a lovely dude. Um, so, yeah, thanks thanks for that one so much. Uh, uh, you're uh, welcome. I hope he was wearing short shorts for you. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I think that's part of the Sam Talent experience. So, all right, let's uh, let's jump on in. We uh, we got a match to talk about. We got an art to talk about. This this being our match of the week uh, episode, where we we talk about uh, the match that I watched. That I was like, man, that was fucking rad. That is my favorite thing that week. Got to make an art of it. That uh, came about because of your recommendation, my friend. I um heard I heard about this match like a, a little while back. Um, I remember it got like some really great buzz, especially when it was sort of like around that time when um Brian Keith was just kind of like really really popping off. Um, and obviously Bailey on just a fucking spectacular run, like going into that and coming out of that. Um, you know, that, that dude needs all of the fucking love in the world for the, the mm-hmm. like, tremendous output of just insanely great matches that, that he does. He needs his fucking flowers, dude. Yes. Um, speedball really sees the day. Like yeah. when he got back into the States, I mean, everybody that watched deep cuts of wrestling knew how good he was. Right. Mm-hmm. But to everybody else, he was just lore. He was a myth and he came back to the United States and, there somebody was joking behind me at this match they said anybody that's seen speedball wrestle this year live probably saw the best match they've ever seen live yeah (laughs) that's not even an exaggeration either like you could say that about so many matches like that fucking match actually last uh one i remember uh of the really stands out to me yeah that one that we watched with um with speedball and and bandito uh, the the high spot super show right well, there was that, but the, the it started off the year at PWG Bandito and Speedball in January. Right. And it just went on a tear, and it closed with Brian Keith and Speedball. And I just cannot think of a better year. Yeah, man. So good. And and I, you know, as much as I, uh, you know, obviously need to put over Speedball, and, you know, I've been a, a big fan of his for quite a while, like going back to his his OG run in um mm-hmm. in PWG. Uh, including like a fucking spectacular match with like Chris Hero that's just on my like all-time PWG favorite matches list. Um, and then, yeah, it was so fucking wild that this dude um, basically got kicked out of the country. He got like blocked from ever getting to wrestle in America for what was it, fucking five years? Seven years. Yeah, five, seven years, something like that. Yeah, ended up you know, doing some uh, rad stuff in, in Japan with DDT, you know, just hustling yeah yeah germany doing lots of indie stuff in in canada of course um but yeah like getting as soon as he came back and got back into the country it's just like banger after banger like you never see someone like more determined to just like all right i'm gonna hit this out of the park every fucking time yeah but it felt like he was really trying to entertain not just raise his booking rate right but Mm -hmm. like it felt like he knew what people were saying about him and that people were buzzing, waiting to see him. And it really genuinely, like, the way he carried himself, the way he acted, the way he talked to people, the way he stayed late, it really just seemed like uh, I've missed you guys for yeah. those that have never seen me, like, come watch. Yeah, it comes across to me, like, just such a pure love for the art form of professional wrestling. You know what I mean? Like, he clearly loves this so much, and that's why it's, like, so amazing to see, because it's just seeing that passion. And you just see how, like, happy it seems to make him in, like, such an authentic way. And then that, you know, that conveys, you know, like, just watching him, honestly, and I, I said this to him after he was, like, real nice and, you know, shared the match and, and or the, the illustration and, and put it over. And I, I said, uh, man, like, watching you wrestle, it just makes me really happy. <laughs> You know, like yeah. no matter what, like I'm going through or whatever at the time, um, whether you're, you know, not feeling great, like I can put on any my Bailey match and you're just like, I'm just, my mood is elevated just from having watched it. You know what I mean? He's got that smile. He wants to be there, you know, yeah. and 
I got to say, like, right before the match, um, or before the show, mm-hmm. I was talking with him, and I said, hey, man, you know, I moved here from Denver, la, 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 blah, blah, blah. And I said, I have been excited to watch you for a number of reasons as a fan of the business, but also I'm a dear, dear friend of Bandito's, mm-hmm. and you brought out the best in one of my best friends and so from a professional aspect like like you guys elevated each other to a new level like you came into the states ready to kick ass and it just it looked great and just thank you for letting me see a guy that i've known since he was a kid basically like bring out his very very best and so we started talking Mm. and he said and this is before this is before Brian Keith replaced, what was it, Leo Rush at, at Bola? Or I, I think it was Leo Rush that he replaced. That makes sense. But Speedball taps me and he goes, You're a PWG guy. We got to get Brian Keith into PWG. Fuck yeah. And so now that's our running gimmick. Whenever I see Brian, Brian introduces me to people as the guy that got him into PWG. And it's a joke, <laughs> right? But like, but that's just this, that's the selfless behavior that is speedball like he sat there and talked to me for 15 minutes yeah you know just talking telling me stories about bandito just things i didn't know that's so right. i mean he's a he's a student of the game and he's a master of his craft oh man absolutely and like that selflessness that you're talking about came through in this match like tenfold hey because like oh. in wrestling you get used to like seeing selflessness is not the most common thing Um, if anything, it's like a business that rewards people for throwing others under the bus, you know, like it, it, uh, is a business where you have to look out for yourself. Oftentimes, um, you have to look out for like, you know, what is going to be good for you because no one else is looking out for you as much as you are. Um, but like on the flip side, there's some instances that are the opposite of that. Some dudes that are just really giving who are like, you know what, if I elevate other people, it lifts the fucking tide and helps us all. And I think that's fucking beautiful. And I couldn't say any, you know, that that is the definition of speed and ball Mike Bailey. And then this match with, uh, with Brian Keith, like, I mean, it's not like Keith needs, uh, you know, any favors to let lift his game. Cause he's fucking rad. Um, but like speedball did everything he could to, to show everyone how fucking rad Brian Keith was in this match. I thought it's like, he knew that there would be eyes on the match and give, give Keith his flowers basically. Yeah. Yeah. So great. And I think that that momentum has so carried on after this, hasn't it? Like, um, I know that uh, Keith and, and Bailey have continued that, that series after this one. Um, through the uh, the Texas promotion that um that Keith works for quite often, I saw they had one on the the latest of Booker T's. Yeah. yeah. Oh no no no! Like the new new Texas Pro, I think. Oh, I I know I saw one in Texas, and then there's also Wrestling Revolver. I think they wrestled them. They, yeah, they've got some rad stuff. I might be wrong. Yeah, yeah, they were on that that um show with Ronda. Yeah, uh, that's the right. big LA debut for um for Revolver. Um, so yeah, I definitely have a, a whole bunch to on my watch list now after how fucking good this one was. I didn't know this was the first. I assume maybe they they'd wrestled before. I mean, there's a chance. I uh, you'd think that uh, I'd be prepared enough. <laughs> <laughs> to uh, know these things, but hang on, hang on. <laughs> we'll, we'll cut this part out. We'll cut no, that no, part no. out. No, no, no. I want, I want everyone to see, to see the whole, uh, the whole uh, thing of of this deal. We are real people, everybody. Yeah, we're, we're authentic people. here. We're authentic. No, I. All right, I was fucking right. Yes, put myself over here. That was the first match of a tremendous series that is uh, run through uh, PWG was their, their first match after this one back in January. Um, then they worked for, yeah, New Texas Pro uh, was the, the one I was mentioning based in um, Abilene. Uh, then West Coast Pro. Oh, damn, I need to watch that. Um, followed by uh, Deadlock Pro, DPW. And most recently, Wrestling Revolver, as we were mentioning. So, yeah, good. Need to go with my instincts more. Well, you know, you really chose the right match to uh, to make art out of. Like, it was, 
the thing at the end of oh. the match, like, hate to cut to the chase when all the wrestlers came out at the end of the match and beat on the ring, like, that was not planned. Oh, man. We were all sitting there, fans, wrestlers, friends, everybody, just amazed. Like, we knew what we were getting into, but we did not know what we were getting into. And just watching it unfold, you could, you could look around the match. We we're all so happy. Man, it was such a cool moment. Yeah. Everyone knew going into it as well. And I mean, I don't know, you could probably tell me a bit about this, like from the live experience, but it felt like even as the match was being introduced, there was like a fucking buzz in the air. Oh, yeah. People were like, we are getting to see like a fucking indie dream match. And that's what I said, like with my, my sort of like, um, accompanying description of the artwork i'm like this had the vibe of like i used to you know man one of my favorite things ever in wrestling was watching roh back in the day in like the early 2000s when it was known as just like the indie dream match company and that's what what they were there for um and then obviously that's sort of become pwg as well these days but this was a fucking indie dream match and everyone that was there were like they were vibing it and it felt like they were all appreciative of like knowing what they were about to experience. I'll tell you what, the first row definitely knew what we were getting into. The first row is usually the diehard fans that buy out freelance. And we all knew like I, I wouldn't have missed this match for the world. Mm -hmm. But the cool thing about freelance, much like the company in Denver that I referenced, is it brings out a lot of people that don't watch wrestling outside of going to it live. And they know while they may not know who the main event name is, they know that they trust the booker to show them a great time. And so what I, I remember seeing the people in the second, third row being like, whoa, is this going to be something big? Do we need to like not go to the bathroom? And by the end of it, like they were the ones throwing dollars. Like it was phenomenal. <laughs> the buzz in the air, the energy was unreal. So great. And I, I want to put over like the freelance fans as well. Cause like sometimes, you know, you go to a wrestling show or you like see a wrestling show and you see the fans and it's like, you know, I don't want to see, say, you know, the, the sort of visual of the, the basement dwellers kind of deal, but sometimes you see that, but in, in, you know, wrestling, but freelance, I was looking at the crowd and just, it looked like a bunch of cool interesting people yeah. that I would love to have a conversation. Look at the people that are standing up that didn't get there early. Like, look at their faces when you watch this match. Yeah. These are people that don't watch wrestling, but they know that it's the hottest thing going on in Chicago that night. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And there's you get that from, like, the authentic kind of reactions that are on their face, too. So one of the main bits of, of this match that I think stood out to a lot of people was there was a bit where... um I think it was Speedball did his sort of like uh, shooting feet first, um, going out the the um, mm -hmm. ring to to kick <laughs> um, Brian Keith, and the fucking bottom rope just breaks, and makes this right massive fucking like clang sound. Everyone's like, "Holy fuck!" Um, and yeah, you just look at on the the reaction of some of those like people's faces, like in the front row. And I remember there was, there was this like woman in the crowd, and she was just like had this look of just like awe of like, was that supposed to happen? Kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> it just made me pop so much. <laughs> like clearly someone is that it, I is this part the real part? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The definition of someone like you're saying that's like doesn't necessarily watch wrestling all the time, yeah. but they'll like go to this kind of show, you know what I mean? And it happened right in front of me. And like I was I was watching the move and then it happened and I think even on video I mm. lost my shit. Oh man. Just because it doesn't happen and it, it legitimizes the art form, right? For sure. And like those kind of, they're the moments you can't predict, you know, they add like a bit of a spontaneity to what you're seeing. And then also the way that the dudes reacted to it, you know, like straight up, um, I think Bailey like got the bottom rope and started like choking um, uh, Keith with yeah. it. Like that's, that's a fucking worker right there. Use what you got available to you. I love it. There was another bit. It was so cool with you being, so you were sitting right there in the front row, right next to the entryway. Mm -hmm. No missing you. <laughs> you were <laughs> on screen most of the, the way. And I was watching this and I was just like, oh, that's my buddy, John. I was not shy. Um, and watching you pop like for the match. Oh man. It brought a whole, whole nother level of joy to my experience watching it. You know, I threw the first $2 in the ring. And next thing we know, they made seventy-five dollars. 
that were thrown in the ring. <laughs> and uh, I love that. They tried to give me five dollars of it. And I was like, no, I, I, I can't like that's not why I did it. Like, I just got everybody started. But um, yeah, like, I mean, genuinely, it truly oh, won everybody over. I mean, the wrestlers, Kirby, the announcer, Matt Nix, everybody literally just came down from the balcony, which is kind of the locker room to just celebrate a match. I think they did tell them, like, guys, let's let's go hard tonight. Right. But nobody could have expected that. Dude, so great. Can I just say that Kirby ring announcer, dude, this was <laughs> my, my first time I've seen him in a while. His fucking ridiculous, like, really, really, like, long... Like, how would you describe it? His sort of really unique ring-announcing ability. He's like a suburban Michael Buffer with his, this is the main... And he goes on for another 20 seconds. Event! <laughs> um, even at GCW... And everyone a, pops just for how long he's able to hold that. Yeah, absolutely. But even at GCW a couple shows ago, um, they brought in Kirby to announce... Some match, it was with uh, Robert Anthony, right? Or something like that. Robert Anthony came out and, like, talked shit to him, and he ended up getting jumped in the ring. But, like, Kirby's Kirby's the man. He's been doing it for a while, and, you know, good on him. Like, he's earned his spot, and he deserves it. As much as I want to take his job. I was going to say, a little ring announcer to ring announcer. um... (laughs) I know my role and I shut my mouth. But yeah, yeah. Soon as soon as he takes a week off, you'll be hustling there to steal his job. For I've sure. tried. <laughs> 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 oh man, the other bit you you mentioned, like you joked after I you know posted the illustration, where obviously there's there's a moment in the match that I, I thought, man, this is a fucking visual that none other can top. You were like, oh, you didn't use one with, with me in there. <laughs> I was like, there was one near, like a little early in the match where they're on the outside and um, Speedball hit this badass fucking kick, like a flying fucking karate yeah. kick on right Brian Keith that happened like right in front of you. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, it was legit about a foot away from you, dude. That whole thing was a blur. And then I, I remember Speedball, uh, there's a later segment, and if you remember my Instagram, John Craft, J-O-N, Craft Wrestling on Insta, but one of my reels is um, when they were fighting on the apron, right? And then Speedball drops him down and does the uh, backflip knees onto the sternum. And right after that, I like so sick. He got like speedball got whacked in the head and ends up like right next to me. And he looked dazed. I guess he worked me. But I looked at him and just quietly like I covered my mouth and I was like, Are you okay, bro? And he looks at me and just starts smiling and just <laughs> he just bows at me like, I'm good. But I um, you know, I was I was watching this match to prepare for tonight. And it's funny that um I, I had a better camera angle than the camera shot of that of that spot where they did the apron move. And I, I play it all the time for my friends. Like that is the spirit of indie wrestling is like sitting there being it right in your face. Right. And it, nobody said it. I remember seeing that when you posted it originally. Yeah. And nobody said it didn't hurt. You know, that's the, that's the thing that people don't get unless you've gone and seen it is like. Call it whatever you want. Call it planned safety, stunt work, a dance, whatever you want to call it. It hurts. It really hurts. Like, wait till you get right up front and try to tell me it doesn't hurt, right? And to see these people, like, sacrifice for the entertainment, like, it's bar none some of the best entertainment in the world. Dude, that's where it's at. And, like, that's obviously my favorite kind of wrestling. Like, a lot of the time I come on here and I'm like, I just want to see people fuck each other up. <laughs> and obviously, you know, there's there's a bit more to the art form right. than just that. But there's something so fucking satisfying when you, you know, see a big fucking strike or a big heavy chop or just some wild shit. Like, every time Bailey hits those the double knees, where it's you're just, like, watching, you're just like, I know that would not have been comfortable to take, <laughs> you know? It just makes it so much better. I could never imagine a world where it would feel good to have Bailey dump his knees on my st- on my chest. <laughs> like, I, I, what, what's oh, he going to do? Tell you, so tell you it's going to happen before he does it? Like, does that make a difference? 
I mean, from my in-ring experience a million years ago back in the day, it's basically the same thing as when you're taking, like, a big back senton. All you can do is you just kind Blacks of brace. Yeah. Like, almost like you're you're about to be in a car accident. You just, like, tense up your fists and, like, brace and, like, flex your pecs and just be like, all right, I'm ready. <laughs> That's all you can do. Yeah. yeah, man. But it was so fucking great. I, I loved both the... In this match, like, obviously there was a bunch of, like, tremendous, like, athletic shit. Loved the strikes. Loved, like, just the, the high spots and the near falls. Like, all that spectacular shit. But I wanted to, like, draw attention to one of my favorite things of the match is, like, the the the, the low-key kind of, like, selling. Like, the, the character kind of stuff. Mm. And that's where I really want to fucking put over, um you know, the bounty hunter in, in this one. Because... That dude, I mean, if you're not very familiar with uh, with with Brian Keith, he is so tremendous in as soon as he comes through that curtain, through the entire match, just has the aura of a fucking badass that is intensity. going to kill you. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Just a, an intensity that just, like, comes off of and his he body. And kick your face off. Yeah. Oh, dude, he's like glares, you know, where it's just like he'll look at someone and, you know, that, that staring daggers kind of thing. That is the fucking definition. And and just even right down to his body language as well. Um, one of the things that I said in my, my match description was, and, and this is intended as like the biggest possible compliment in the world because I am the, the biggest fan of this guy, but like Brian Keith reminded me a, a lot of Loki in that sense of a dude that just like is is just larger than life and personifies being a fucking killer and i i yeah, can't say enough good things about brian keith well i think we very clearly know one of brian keith's inspirations is the undertaker which is a great character in the entrance mm -hmm. but also a hard hitter a big boot brian keith does a lot of big boot mm-hmm um sure he's got the mannerisms with the eyes and the hat and things like that but you know we don't need to go on all that far into gimmick infringement like he he genuinely wants to kick the fuck out of you yeah and like obviously yeah there is that that kind of connection with like the undertaker kind of thing but i think it brian keith has carried it into being something that's his own you Agreed. know what i mean it's not like he's just doing some like undertaker cosplay kind of gimmick he's made this his fucking own um he's he's developed this like character and like sometimes i feel like that's kind of a dirty word of saying in wrestling like so many people talk about characters and playing a character and all that kind of shit which i, I kind of honestly hate you know when people kind of get that far away of it like being theater kind of thing um, like it's wrestling, man. And, and if you're a character, you are that character. And, and that's exactly what I get the feeling of with, with Brian Keith. Like he's made that so fucking his own. No one could do that. And he's merged it with a bunch of other really cool influences. Like, obviously I, you know, I don't know this for a fact, but I think it's a pretty safe assumption that this dude's a big fan of Japanese wrestling. Yeah, <laughs> you right. know what I mean? Yeah. These amazing forearm strikes that would make fucking Masato Tanaka or Masawa proud. Um, these rad fucking enzigiris that uh, would like throw back to like the the prime of uh, Shinya Hashimoto, um, and just a, a bunch of sweet kicks. The kicks, I think, is my favorite thing. Oh man, I they they're some heavy ass kicks. Reminding me a lot of um like Samoa Joe back in the day in those like glory days of ROH when he used to just do these heavy tree trunk kicks. Dude, I, I love everything about this man. So I want to ask you about your art before I let you go. Like you obviously chose a great shot. It was a great moment in the match. But, uh, you know, what was your thought as you were illustrating this out? Yeah, so there was a back chop, right? Yeah, yeah, the, the back chop to the back of the, what, the back of the neck before Brian turned around? Yeah, yeah, almost like they teased it like it was an accident. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and mm -hmm. that's kind of what it looked like, and it turned into a sign of respect, like a game of mercy, right? So what what were you thinking as you illustrated yeah. that? Like, what made you choose that spot, and how did you live it up? Yeah, man, Um. so it, it was a... It's sometimes a tricky one with these things like of uh, in, in the episodes we've done so far I always kind of like talk about you know you sort of wait for that moment I'll kind of like when I watch the match I'll like take some different you know screenshots or like 
and most of the time it's just janky pictures of my of my fucking phone that I've taken of the TV screen. Um, but yeah, you take a few throughout and you have like, all right, this could be a contender, this could be a contender. But then sometimes you just have like a moment that's like such a great fucking moment. And you, you, you know, I'm a, I'm a big visual guy, obviously, like being a, a, an art dude. Um, so those visuals kind of just like really stand out to me when they're, when they're great. And I spoke a little bit to um, Sam Evans about this when I had him on the podcast um, as a, another great wrestling artist. Like sometimes you're watching and you just know. And that's what he said, and, and that's the best way I can sum this up. You're just watching, and they had this great bit where, yeah, Bailey, uh, they're doing like a chop off. Keith turns, and then Bailey hits a, a chop on the back of the neck, and then everyone freezes. You know, it's almost like they tease it like Bailey's like, oh, fuck, what have I done? And, Waiting for his response, yeah. <laughs> and then Keith just, again, getting back to that fucking, you know, personifying this badass character he soaked it up so fucking well like he took a knee he so slowly like get off slowly like turn around just like glares at him with those daggers that i was talking about before man and it was like just a moment and the crowd it was like you could see the crowd was like that almost like oh he's gonna fucking kill you now dude <laughs> the back row was waiting just for everything a fight. about it the back row was waiting for a fight yeah, yeah. Man, and and that was it. So the combination of like, I I try to look out for. Obviously, you, you sort of want to capture cool moments in in matches from like an athletic perspective. But to me, it's sort of the um capturing stuff like looks on dudes' faces, um capturing those kind of like facial expressions uh, and the, the moments of, of drama as well as you can. That's the business. And sometimes it can be a little bit. It can be a little bit tricky when when you're watching it, you know, on on um, you know, like a, a internet wrestling stream, because like these dudes who are recording it, who I'll shout out, they did a great job, but, like the camera camera dudes, I'm saying, um, you know, sometimes you have a great moment and they just didn't quite get in there enough or didn't quite get the right angle of it, but this was just like absolutely perfect. So I I saw that and I was like, all right, this is the one. And then the other cool thing that I wanted to put over is, you know, obviously I said before, I just love the, the, the visual aesthetic of the Logan Square Auditorium. I think it's a fucking beautiful looking building. Um, it's got this like ornate, like classical, I know, the art deco kind of like style, but um, just beautiful throwback, like theater kind of venue. Um, and yeah, getting to see the, the, the cool kind of like detailing on the walls and those curved windows and the curtains and everything, I just love. So, um, you know, I, I normally kind of just kind of do the ring in a bit of a, you know, plain color background. Um, but for this one, I was like, I have to do that detail to capture just the, the beauty of, of this building. And actually had like, a, I think, a local photographer or um, say that, he thought that I captured like the, the, the color and the vibe of Logan Square Auditorium like perfectly. And I was like, that was the biggest fucking compliment, dude, because I love this building. So that was fucking lovely. Yeah, all my friends knew exactly the building, even if they weren't there for the match. Like different people reached out to me and they said, is that Logan Square? You clearly did a great job. <laughs> oh thanks man um and yeah so to thank you so much for for recommending it dude um and I, I love getting to sort of get the live perspective as as well i think it adds like something for us to be able to like you know you watch this match and obviously comes across great on tv but these things never quite you know they're never the same as, as getting to see it in person so I, I thought it was so cool getting to talk to you and chop it up and, and actually hear that live perspective yeah, and you know, I gotta say, like, I've I've seen a handful of really good matches, right? Uh, Zach Sabre Jr. versus Walter at PWG, things like that. Um, oh man, this might have been the. I think this and Zach versus Walter were like tied with the coolest matches. Like, I've seen some great matches, and I don't I don't care to debate them. Like, if you're in my top five, you're in my top five. I'm not gonna compare who's hottest, right? Yeah, but like. I think those two matches, so to anybody that, like, didn't catch the match, I'm going to put it on par with that Zach versus Walter match. Like, it just felt good. It felt like a fight. It felt legit. It looked legit. It looked mm. it looked good as hell, right? Like, I mean, it just brutal. Brutal and fun 
and silly and honorable and everything that you want indie wrestling yeah it was it was a fantastic time i really appreciate you having me on to talk about it dude no it was uh it was my pleasure honestly um and and you're not the only person to to say that like i was um I, I like to look up like some of the different reviews that people put on like cage match or Reddit or whatever of this kind of thing. And I found various other people that were like, dude, this was like the best match I've ever seen in person in my life, like hands down. Yeah. So I, I think the people that were there, like they knew like, man, we were, we were part of something special. I, I truly think that anybody that was not, uh, and I'm not saying better or worse, but if you've never had the good fortune to go to Reseda for PWG and see some of that magic, if mm. that's off the radar, anybody there, that had to be the best match they've ever seen. Like it was, we were stupefied. I think that's like the closing word for you is like the wrestlers and us, not only the wrestlers that participated, but the wrestlers that were watching, the fans that are kind of adjacent to the business. I think stupefied is the correct word, like stunned. Um, we knew what we saw. We loved it. It was truly magical. It is still on freelance deck the halls with balls of fury. Hashtag freelance balls. Awesome uh, show name, by the way. Yeah, yeah, right. I uh, we've got another one this Saturday. I don't know if it'll compete or not. I mean, it's hard to beat that show. But yeah, check it out on IWTV. It was December of 2022. It was it was fantastic. Absolutely. And yeah, make sure every, all of y'all make sure to just check out more freelance stuff too. Um, you know, I, I think this is a really cool company. Uh, I, uh, one of my first ever shows I went to in Chicago back in the day with that, this beautiful other venue called the Abbey pub. Um, I got to catch the last show there before that fucker burnt down. Um, and it was just one of the most fun wrestling experiences I ever had. So all the love in the world for, for freelance wrestling and yeah, make sure you support them as much as you can buy a fucking ticket, check them out on IWTV, uh, freelancer rad. Yeah. Hot take. I honestly, uh, I love, I love AAW, but mm. I feel like freelance has kind of overtaken as Chicago's leading indie as of now. No, no fault of AEW. Oh, I don't, I don't even think that's a hot take. I think that's a fact. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I just, I don't want to talk bad on another, another that's promotion that's true. running like top of their game as well. I think AAW had a lot of inconveniences that are out of their control, where freelance was able to be like stable during some mm-hmm. of that, right? Um, but definitely, freelance is the place to be in Chicago. I love that, man. Well, I, uh, I know you got to get out of here, but would you like to give anything, any, any plug skis? Yeah, well, it's uh, John Craft Wrestling, J-O-N, Craft Like Craft Beer Wrestling on Instagram. That's me. I am moving and shaking too much to really plug anything else right now. Uh, but follow me and you'll see what I'm up to. There is a decent chance that I will nice. be starting Lucha Libre and Laughs Chicago next year uh, in 2024. Oh, shit. Yeah, and that, that would be my baby. Man, that's a hot big announcement. That would be my baby. You heard it here Fuck. first. It, it's not for sure. And this is, this is why this is the only place that I'll break the news. It, it's not for sure. We've got to look at budgets. We were looking at doing it last year, but there were the problem with the venues and things like that. But Chicago has a ton of comic talent and a ton of comedy or comedy and wrestling talent. both, And it really makes sense. I mean, the crowd eats it up. An amazing Lucha Libre scene, I want to I wanna say as we well. We do, out in the burbs. Yes, we absolutely do. But um, looking to start that up. So if you do see that coming out this summer, please check it out. Support us. Absolutely. I'll be, I'll be fucking pimping that out. I'll be shouting that from the rooftops if that gets, gets gone. You'll have to fly over for my first show. I'll, uh, don't worry, Chris. I'll put you on the list. Oh, all right. All right. Thank you. I'll, I'll be there, my friend. I'll be there. <laughs> I love you, Chris. I uh, appreciate you having me. Dude, absolutely welcome, and uh, yeah, I, I can't wait to see future developments of uh, your your ring announcing stuff as well. I feel like you're always doing an amazing job, dude. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you, and good luck, good luck with your art. Save, save me a print of this. I'll send you the money when I have it. Yeah, yeah, for and, sure, dude. Uh, if you send two, I'll get Speedball and Brian to sign it, and I'll send one back. Oh, absolutely. For sure, dude. Well, no, thank you so much. Thanks for coming on, man. Uh, all the love in the world for you. 
Um, I'll uh, also shout out uh, thank you uh, to Social Suplex, the network that keeps the lights on here. Uh, check out socialsuplex.com, a bunch of other rad podcasts. Uh, you can check out the One Nation Radio. Uh, we've got Keeping It Strong Style, the, the New Japan podcast, even got a AEW podcast. But check out all that good stuff over there. Um, you can check out my stuff at Chris Things on Instagram and Twitter. Instagram's my main kind of hub where you'll get all of the the, the exciting stuff going on um, but also christhings.com.au uh, as uh, you mentioned my friend uh, you can get all sorts of uh, rad art prints on there including this match in question uh, we've got calendars we've got mugs uh, we've got original art uh, check it out christhings.com.au but that brings us to the end of the show thank you so much to, for listening to you the listener welcoming us into your ear holes uh, I am so appreciative you got you know everyone's got so much going on you took the time to listen to this to completion uh, so I just want to put you over a little bit there the, the listener thanks so much uh, we appreciate you Thanks, everybody, and I'll see you next week. Bye. Good night, everybody.